Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. The podcast critics have spoken. Has this guy ever actually interviewed anyone before? And? Wow, that was long. And? I don't have time to listen. Very busy. Sounds like this podcast isn't winning any awards anytime soon. Uh, he did win an award in 2011. Stop living in the past. What else with Corey Mann? Wherever podcasts are sold. Isn't it free? Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. All right. Chuckles, you ready? Yes. Sports fans, football is well underway. Basketball is on its way. Baseball almost done. All that chatter plus other random thoughts. It's time for Sports Yak. Brought to you by Rabbit Wigs. This holiday season put that rabbit in a wig. And now here are your hosts, Corey Mann and Chuck Freebie. This is your announcer, Jimmy Schultz. Thank you, Jimmy Shorts, and welcome to episode 16 as we start off another fabulous week in October. Woo! We're going to talk about cold weather here in just a moment. The Saturday that was. Yes. But let's talk about sports, because sports yak, the word sports is in front of yak. So we should talk about sports, Chuck Freebie, then yak about other things. Did we receive criticism last time because we didn't talk about sports first? No, we did not. Oh. I did, did check anybody the email. listen? The only email we got was uh, Nugenics. They'd like us to try it out for some more energy. Well, I can understand people our age getting those. <laughs> Nugenics. Uh, barely two or three games into the season, Lakers and the Rockets are throwing fisticuffs. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, NBA coming with some spice early in the year, and now we've got three guys sitting for some games. Brandon Ingram got four games. Rajon Rondo will get at least three. There could be a spitting incident in there as well. And Chris Paul is going to get to talk to his State Farm agent for a couple of games. In your opinion, does the punishment match the incident? Yeah, probably. I mean, it's a rare it's a rare sports fight where an actual punch gets landed. Right. And it did. Many gifs over the weekend as you slow it down. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, there you go. College football. We did get an email from a listener this morning. Can't believe Chuck didn't mention Purdue, Ohio State. Well, what was I supposed to say about it 48 hours old? I'm not the South Bend Tribune. Can we talk about <laughs> Purdue and Ohio State? <laughs> well, of course we can. Would it be considered the biggest upset of the weekend? Yes. Uh, definitely the most, most groundbreaking performance of the weekend. Rondale Moore, 
Folks, you have now met a new superstar in college football. He has had three primetime games and has sparkled in each and every one of them. First time out against Northwestern, he set that all-purpose yards record, even though the Boilermakers lost to the Wildcats. Mm -hmm. And he and DJ Knox were both sensational on Saturday night in that win over the Buckeyes. Jeff Brome came out with a very aggressive game plan. Kudos to the Boilermakers. They executed it. Of course, uh, a lot being made about the inspiration they received from Tyler Trent, young man suffering from cancer, Boilermaker student who seems to be in his final days, really had to summon up the energy to make it to ross Aid Stadium on Saturday night. He had predicted a Purdue win over Ohio State. The Boilermakers deliver on his guarantee, and uh, that's – that's one of the biggest wins in Purdue football history, really, certainly in the last 50 years. I mean, Purdue had never won a night game against a Big Ten team at ross Aid Stadium. Fans, students rushed the field, felt appropriate. Well, yeah, you beat the number two team in the country. Mm-hmm. Tyler Trent and up now in the box with him. Tyler you have circled this on your calendar for the longest period of time. Had to leave school just a few weeks ago. Didn't want to do that. What does it mean to you to be here tonight? Oh, it's it's such a blessing and super special. I haven't had the greatest week health-wise, and so just to be here is a wave of emotions for sure. Does Purdue have to deal with a pissed-off Michigan State team, or do you think they've put that game behind them already from this this weekend, this past weekend? Oh, I don't know that Michigan State puts that behind them immediately, but you still have to go and play a, a very mercurial football team in Michigan State. You really never know what you're going to get from them week after week. Uh, this is a Michigan State team that lost at home to Northwestern but then turned around and had beat Penn State. So who knows what Michigan State team you're going to get. I think the bigger question is, coming off such an emotional win, can Purdue refocus to go on the road and win what is now a key Big Ten game? I mean, Purdue has put themselves in a position where they could be in the Big Ten championship game. They start off the season 0-3. Yeah. They lose to Eastern Michigan, and now they have won four in a row. They're unbeaten in the Big Ten Conference, and they could be in the Big Ten Championship game. You know, they control their destiny. Purdue, Michigan State, you can hear that on Pulse FM on... Saturday at noon. Saturday at noon. Thank you, Chuck. Indiana loses to Penn State. My pal Brad uh, got hooked up with some great seats that day, and... That was an interesting game. This was more the vintage IU performance. Let's get close but not win it in the big game. And now IU's got really kind of a strange week. They play a Friday night game because television wants some of these Friday night games to, to spread it out a little bit. So they've got a Friday night game at Minnesota. Minnesota just came off a loss to Nebraska for Nebraska's first win of the year. IU should win this game. Mm-hmm. They should be able to be good enough to go up to Minnesota and win. And if they want to have any consideration of being a bowl team this year, they've got to go do that. 
but I'm just not sold on this IU team. They can't come up with a big stop any time that they need it. It's the same IU we've watched for years. They just, they're fun offensively, but they can't do anything defensively. How long do you enjoy the Ohio State win before you get back to business? Like the next day? Well, if you're Purdue, you, you don't have any time to wait in the Big Ten. Right. I mean, Michigan State's a formidable foe. And then if you should beat the Spartans, here comes Iowa. And that's another good football team. So it's not like you can just sit around and glad hand and everybody's going to tell them how wonderful they are. Jeff Brome's biggest task this week, and it started yesterday, is getting his team refocused. Irish and Navy in San Diego. Irish are number three in the polls. There's some juggling that happens because of that Ohio State loss. We've talked about this. They could be Clemson, according to Chuck Freebie. I think they could, yes. Alabama still? No. Not a chance. <laughs> no. Uh, I don't know that anybody's coming close. Now, I say that Alabama has to go to Death Valley in two weeks and play LSU, in which will be another ground-shaking game for the college football landscape because LSU right now, number four in the polls. So if LSU gets blown out by Alabama at home, you would think they'd fall out. And then that opens the door for Michigan to move up to number four. But, of course, Michigan still has to play Penn State this weekend, and they've got Ohio State coming up on Thanksgiving weekend. The polls that don't matter, as I like to call them. Correct. Right now they're the polls that we won't get a poll that matters for eight days. That's so in eight when, days, how 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 will that? Uh, there's a, a group of people that uh, decide this committee, the college football playoff committee. I think fifteen people. Okay, they'll put together a ranking and they'll release it to the public, and then everybody will sit there and digest that and decide. Okay, this is where my team stands right now. Okay. And that's a ever-evolving list because the season they continues. Meet, they meet every week. Okay. But that's the one we start watching in eight days. Right. Follow the Yak on Twitter at Sports Yak with two Ks. But the second K is silent. Let's talk about what happened at Notre Dame Stadium while the Irish were having a bye week. How about that? Well, a heck of a concert. First outdoor concert at Notre Dame Stadium in its illustrious 88-year history. And Garth Brooks packs 85,000 people in on just a lousy weather night. (laughs) The rain and the snow and the wind all howling. They wound up delaying the concert about an hour. And I was sitting up in the southeast corner of the stadium, which was a terrible place to be at 620. When we got to our seats, we sat there for about three minutes, and after getting pelted with every form of precipitation possible, we went down to the concourse. Debbie dug out some ponchos for us. (laughs) I put mine on in the concourse, and at 630, we went to our name drop upgraded seats. Thank you, B100. And we sat three rows behind the yellow flowers. Wow. Three rows behind the yellow flowers. I found the Notre Dame usher staff to be as friendly as I've ever seen them. I feel like they were on, the three that I interacted with were on a mission to, this might be a whole new different group of people that have never been in here. I'm sure it is. So it kind of felt like they were on their best uh, 
They're very helpful. Yeah. I, I mean, I wanted to know exactly where I was sitting. They walked us right to it. And you were right, man. Watching the rain turn into snow. And by the way, that's a bucket list for me. I would love to see a football game in that atmosphere. I've hmm. never seen that. I'd like to see a just a heavy snowfall. I take you back to Notre Dame, Penn State, circa 1992. Reggie Brooks making the diving catch in the end zone on the pass from Rick Meyer. And that would have been in those kind of conditions. Yeah, I want one of those. Uh, Standout songs for you, by any chance? Well, I thought Friends in Low Places was terrific. I thought The Thunder Rolls was good. Uh, You know me. I like Bob Seger. I know you. You don't like Bob Seger. (laughs) He did Night Moves. I thought of you immediately and texted you. (laughs) I was like, you've got to be kidding me. And on the word me, my phone went, and I look down and Chuck sends me a a little joke. Uh, You know, he's paying homage to his... His peers fact, and his, his heroes. Well, he sees Bob Seeker as a great influence on his career and, and a great artist. Two, and then three songs later, he does a trilogy and he busts out two Beatles songs, which I thought very redemptive. Uh, and then we took off. We took off at the end of the dance. But it looks like he came out for one, two, three, four, five, six, seven more songs. Yes. By himself? By himself, without the band. My goodness. Now, see, I'll be honest. I'm not sure he's the kind of vocalist where you sit there and you go, wow, he's so strong on that vocal or anything Mm -hmm. like that. So the seven songs without the band, they were nice, but they didn't do anything necessarily for me. This was being filmed for a CBS special that'll be on December 2nd. How did you feel about that part of it, where there were the stops and starts and asking the crowd to do certain things? I started getting agitated. After about the third time, we would he would say, we're going to sing the chorus again, and then we would sing it. All right, we're going to do it again, but we got to turn the PA off because it was left on accidentally because we want to get this recorded. I started thinking that the TV special was more important than the audience. But at the same time, I get what he's trying to do, Chuck. He's trying to make a 60-minute music video that's going to sell seats for next year, for the, actually the next three years in stadiums. Right. Because you see that. You know, you see the Central Park performance from a decade ago. You see the Ireland performance, and you're like, I want to be a part of that crowd. That's what he was hoping for. Right. You know, hence the, you know, he tells us that the opening scene will be, it's empty. And then he says, can you feel this? And he says, yeah. And then the camera pulls back. We went through that how many times? Three or four times? Yeah. Uh, I wasn't thrilled with that. I kind of started getting like, okay, this is a little... It feels very much like you're catering to the show and the producers. Of course you are. Not to us. And and I get that. And I understand why that would bother people. I I did... I retweeted this, too. Uh, my friend Tom Cullen, who is our producer for Countdown to Kickoff over at Channel 16, uh, tweeted out how proud he was of his community because... What other town of 100,000 people could pull off something like this? Right. And I, I thought that was a really valid point. Yes. You know, that's one of the special things about having Notre Dame here and, and being in South Bend. There is no other town that size that could do that. Mm-hmm. And logistically, you're right off the toll road. So Chicago can come over. Ohio can come over. Pennsylvania can come over. 
you know, whomever. Down from Michigan, you come down 94. Now, I heard traffic was rough around oh. the edges, which is really hard to get your head around because on game days, it feels pretty... I think they do a great job on yeah. game day. I don't know if they didn't have the same crew. I don't know if it was the power outages around the stadium that maybe affected how oh, traffic yeah. was, but it was it was bad getting in for people. Now, I had no problem getting in because I come the back road down Riverside to Angela, mm-hmm. and that worked well for me, but getting out was a nightmare. We got dropped off at 2 off of Angela. We went to uh, Trisha Yearwood's tailgate deal. We had tickets for that. That was a lot of fun. Put away a bunch of food. Uh, some friends of ours, personal friends, are the people that decorated that event. So mm-hmm. we got to catch up with them. They were really excited. In fact, I don't think I'm letting too much out of the bag. There's talk that they've been invited to go on the road. and Because really? they, they want to do this at every stadium. Okay. They want to have a, you know. And Trisha, she's got a furniture line. She's got a clothing line. She's got a food line. She's got a cooking show. She's and doing okay for she's, herself. She's just fine. And just then fine. Uh, Garth kind of makes the big announcement during the concert that yes. they want to end the stadium series back here at Notre Dame. In three years. Yeah, so 2021? Uh, I'm hoping that'll be in the summer. <laughs> so here's the talk I hear. Uh, I have a source that's within the system that says the, the conversation's already being had for next summer, Taylor Swift or Bon Jovi. I could see either one of them. And the Bon Jovi connection, uh, you want to fill in the blanks on that one? Did well, he have a walk-on son? Bon Jovi had a son that played as a walk-on on the Notre Dame football team. Very familiar with the area now. Yes. Right? So that that would make sense. Can Bon Jovi... Get eighty five thousand people. I don't. Taylor Swift could. I don't know the Bon Jovi could. I don't think he can either, unless ticket prices come way down, way down. Or you do it at a time where you let the students in. You know that could take care of yes ten thousand seats. Hmm. It'll be interesting to see what happens there. We'll keep an eye on that. I thought the sound on a scale of one to ten. I thought the sound was about a six. Yeah, I wasn't really knocked out. By the sound. Yeah. And couldn't hear anything walking back to the car. Where really? where, where usually when I walk back to the car after a football game, I can still hear. I wonder if that was by design, though. Yeah, I wonder. How long between the dance and when he came out for She's Every Woman? How much time was there? Oh, not that long. Not that long. So we should have been able to hear him when yeah. we were walking back. Interesting. And maybe they kept that at a – and there was a helicopter making quite a few – I'm surprised that helicopter stayed gassed up. That had to be CBS-related, right? Oh, or sure, Security yeah. or CBS or whatever. Those, no, those that was CBS-related. Those will be some interesting aerial shots. So there's that. That was – I don't – man, the weather, I'll, I'll never forget that one. The weather alone. Now, you went from that high of highs – to Sunday afternoon. Great segue. Watching the Chicago Bears. And you you sent me a text, which you normally don't do during Bears games. I, I don't want but, to interrupt. But you sent me a text. <laughs> I did. I was starting to get frustrated. I, I took a, a brief snoozer going into halftime, which I believe was 17-7. 
No. Uh, no, it was 20 to 17 New 2017. England. 2017, okay. Yeah. And it felt like, okay, they've, they've got to fight, but they, there's opportunity here. But, man, that second half, what in the name of Mike Ditka happened? Well, first of all, Mitch Trubisky, your boy, Triscuits, Nabisco, Biscuithead. We've added new words, by the way. Well, you probably did during that game watching him throw because he wasn't very good throwing the football most of the day. How many interceptions? Two. Two. And could have been a lot more. He put a couple right in the breadbasket of some Patriot players who dropped him. He was not good throwing the football. He was good running the football. Yeah, he had quite a run. But throwing it, not so much. No. Then the special teams for the Bears looked like they'd been coached by Notre Dame. <laughs> How so? Well, they gave up a kickoff return for a touchdown and a block punt for a touchdown. Because uh. Tom Brady needs that kind of help. Yeah. My son was very distraught. I think I saw game. a distressful tweet. Yeah. Because I informed him that the Bears were not the last place Bears. Ugh. Did not he did not appreciate hearing that they lose to the Dolphins last week, which Detroit Who the Lions turn around and beat. They beat, which is uh and then they lose to the Patriots. Who's up next? The Bears uh, next week. The Jets. The Jets. Sam Darnold and the New York Jets come into Soldier Field. Maybe Jimmy will actually get that pick right. Do you think a return of the Mac? Or is he out for... No, I think he'll be back. I mean, part of the problem the Bears have with the Patriots is Brady's got such a quick release on the football, it really neutralizes the the strength of the Bears' defense, which is being able to apply pressure with the defensive front. You know, when you watch one team, and we watch the Bears, and then we, you know, we don't want to spend the whole Sunday in front of the TV, but then you watch Tom Brady at the level he's at yeah. compared to even other people in that league... Man, he can. He's got an arm. Yeah, and he gets rid of the ball so quickly yeah. and so accurately. How old is he? Forty-one. Ugh. Now here's here's something for you. Okay. And and I don't know the answer to this. CBS next week does not have the doubleheader. Fox has the doubleheader, so the CBS affiliate WSBT can only show one game. The Bears Jets is scheduled to be on CBS at one. The Colts Raiders is scheduled to be on CBS at four. Now I know which one you would pick because you're Bear Boy, but which one do you think they'll pick? Indiana Colts. I no, I think they'll take the Bears. Yeah. Well, like I was telling you, we started talking about possibly going to a game before season's end. Right. And we looked at the secondary ticket sites. You can go to a Colts game at Lucas Oil for under thirty dollars a piece. You can go to a Bears game for the rest of the season, ballpark starting at 150. Yeah, there's still a a popularity gap. Well, I mean, or is Col- it the Colts are just that bad that you know they're two and five after beating Buffalo yesterday, 37 to five. I will say, Andrew Luck has made a remarkable recovery mm-hmm. from his arm problems. He leads the NFL with 20 touchdown passes. Really? Yes. Oh wow. Well. We're going to try to pull that off here. I don't know. Let's Colts see. at Oakland next week, by the way. They're not at home, so you don't have to worry about that. Oakland. The huh? marquee game next week, by the way, Green Bay at the Rams. Did you see the Rams jerseys yesterday? I, uh, I Did saw you see your that tweet? picture I tweeted out? Uh, was it like just glow-in-the-dark yellow? Gold color rush. Oh. What's, what was the point of that? Well, they try to come up with these alternate, 
alternate uniforms to sell more material, but mm-hmm. oh, these were bad. <laughs> these were bad. The Rams have a classic uniform from the 1970s that they quite frankly should always wear. And they wore them on the Thursday night game earlier this year. And that was a big yes, yes, yes. But yesterday, this uniform that they wore against the 49ers was a classic no, no, no. Let's see here. Let's get your take on this. Should I do Jaguars and Colts on the 11th? November 11th, okay. These are these are the 1 o'clock games. The one, these will make sense. Right, yeah. You don't want to go to a 4 o'clock game. You don't want to go to a Sunday night or Monday night. No. Uh, the following Sunday, Titans and Colts. Dolphins and Colts, the following, which is a Thanksgiving weekend. Yeah. Then into December midway, Cowboys and Colts, Giants and Colts, the day before Christmas Eve. Well, you're not going to go to that one. No. Um, I would say either Dolphins and Colts or Cowboys and Colts. Okay. Uh, the, any divisional game with the Colts, and I, I put this on the 46 Sports Twitter yesterday, and feel free to chime in. I asked which was the worst division, the NFC North, the one the Bears are in, or the AFC South. To me, they're both bordering on the term steaming pile of garbage. But I think the AFC South uh, – Yesterday, Jacksonville benches Blake Bortles, which means that they had a backup, which means that they considered that there is a quarterback on their roster worse than Blake Bortles, and they decided to play them. Uh, Way in the future. Do you have any desire to see this New Year's Day winter classic? Yes. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. Have Uh, you got tickets already? Is your son going to be home by then, uh, you think? Well, there could be tickets acquired for okay. people. However, I'm hoping to go, of course, as Joe Media. Joe Media. You can get into that game right now for $101. Not be not bad. In the, well, upper bowl. Yeah, you're going to be. And you don't know what the weather's going to be like. Ugh. New Year's Day. The good news is, if the Irish were to run the table and be undefeated, the college football playoff games are December 29th. They're not New Year's Day. So that shakes out nicely. Florida State, Notre Dame. You can get into that game right now, $167. That's not that great a price. No, it's Wait not. till game day when it's 35 degrees. Chuck, uh, I have a friend who two hours before Garth Brooks got the best seat for the best price. And her photograph was proof. And I mean, it was like her birthday. So she's like, I'm just going to upgrade and see what happens. Yeah. She needed one ticket right down in front, front row. On like the, on the field? Yeah. In one of the star wedges right nice. in the front row. So I wouldn't have minded that. No? Sports Yak. Part of the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Find more of your favorite podcasts at Spreaker.com slash Studio DNA. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yeah, I want to drive the Zamboni. Yes, I do. No 
Notre Dame hockey with a couple of wins over the weekend, 4-1, to 8-2. to two. They're in South Bend this weekend against Minnesota Duluth. That's a big-time game. Minnesota Duluth is the defending champion. Oh! Care to predict? Uh, well, Irish are ranked number two. Duluth slept. The Duluth had a lot of people graduate from last year. Okay. So I like Notre Dame's chances in that one. By any chance, were you listening to Pulse FM when you stepped out briefly in the 8 o'clock hour? No. Mrs. Sears called in. Kara. Yes. And I told her of our Friday chat about if you're going to go to a high school basketball game, the crowd and the fans that get into it. Did I misspeak? I thought I heard you say Concord Memorial. Well, I say I back said back in the day. I said Concord back in the day. I said if we always pick one game at the beginning of the year and it's Central Memorial mm-hmm. at Northside Gym because of the atmosphere, you get seventy three hundred seventy three seats. Five thousand of them are full for that game. And it's a great atmosphere, very colorful rivalry. I asked her what kind of season she was going to have. She gave me a giggle and a, a very coach's wife kind of answer. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> have you decided who you're playing, uh, who you're showing off on Friday night? We have had that meeting, and we have a first-time participant in the 46th game of the week. The Is Knox, this breaking news? The Knox Redskins will make their first-ever appearance on the 46th game of the week. Knox, a little community down in Stark County, maybe 45 minutes away from us, and they will be taking on the Marion Knights on Friday night and on TV 46. You can watch that game live on Facebook at 7 and then see it on the Big 4-6 at 11 o'clock Friday night or 9 o'clock Saturday morning. Did you say where it's being played at? At Atulski Field on the campus of Marion High School. All right. Have you done a game there yet this year? Not this year. No. no. Okay. Marion and Knox. All right. So you'll probably go out. We go down to Knox sometime this week? Yeah, hopefully tomorrow. Okay. Check out what's going on there. Marion, what kind of season they having? Well, not bad. I think they finished up uh, 7-3 and three right now. So uh, they got a nice win over Fairfield on Friday night, 42-7. to seven. Not much problem uh, beating the winless Falcons. So it'll be a much tougher test for Michael Davidson's team on Friday night. Have we covered it all? Um, just touching on on Friday night, I think Knox got the big upset of the week, knocking off Jimtown last Friday night. North Judson had a nice upset, knocking off LaVille last Friday night. Everything else kind of status quo. Uh, other high school sports, congratulations to the St. Joe girls soccer team. They're headed down to the state finals this weekend, taking on Cathedral in Class 2A. Three teams still alive in the volleyball tournament, Penn, New Prairie, and North Judson. All won regional titles over the weekend, so congratulations to them. Uh, We could touch on Michigan schools real quick, can't we? Yeah, we can. They had their playoff paths decided last night. Uh, A number of local teams who only went 5-4 and during the year were able to get in because not enough teams won six games to qualify. Okay. So they had to go down to the 5-4. and So your alma mater, the Lakeshore Lancers, are in the playoffs. Uh, So so is St. Joseph. They're in the same district. Uh, Both of them have to go on the road. One plays Zeeland East. The other plays Zeeland West. Oh, my. Zeeland only has one stadium. So one of those games will be Friday night. The other will be Saturday afternoon. Edwardsburg is the favorite in Division Four. The Eddies ranked number one in that division. They'll open Friday night at Leo Hoffman Stadium against Plainwell. 
Could be a rematch of Edwardsburg and Three Rivers in the district finals. Three Rivers got a home date as well. Uh, some other area teams that got in, teams like Berrien Springs, Brandywine, Coloma, Cassopolis got in, White Pigeon, Decatur. So should be a good representation up in Michigan this year. Let me rattle off where you can contact us via social media while you get our Bible verse ready for today. You can follow the Sports Yak on Twitter, Sports Yak with two Ks, on Instagram uh, with two Ks. You'll see a delightful picture of Chuck with our new Amy Grant 1986 unguarded album canvas painting thing. <laughs> Adds quite a bit to the room, doesn't it, Chuck? Oh, yeah. Oh, my goodness. You can always email the program as well, thesportsyak2ks at gmail.com. Hit the subscribe button. You'll never miss an episode. And we are everywhere your podcasts are found. Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Google Play. Ask Alexa to play the yak and see what happens. By the way, before the Bible verse, do you care to make a World Series prediction? Boston and L.A. starts tomorrow night in Boston. Dodgers. I'll take the Red Sox. Okay. They were the best team in baseball this year. I'll I'll take the Red Sox to win it. Here's what I know about the Dodgers in my head. Oh, look, there's Mary Hart in the front row. Exactly. That's the only thing I really know about them. Yeah. Her and her husband, I always see them sitting in the recliners there like, oh, look at that. And they haven't won a world title in 30 years. Bible verse for today is from Ephesians 2.8. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from you. It is the gift of God. Thanks for listening. Hit the subscribe button. We appreciate you. Until next time, this is Sports Yak. You've been listening to Sports Yak on the Studio DNA Podcast Network. Hit the subscribe button so you never miss an episode of this hot garbage rant. Follow Sports Yak on Instagram and Twitter at Sports Yak with two Ks. This is Jimmy Shorts. That's gone.